Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Jess Rowe is best known for her role as a presenter on Studio 10. But since leaving the show, she's taken up a new moniker. It's The Crap Housewife. It's a title Jess wears with pride from her various snapshots of Tuesday roast chooks day where she has a chicken hat on her head or a takeaway pizza in her arms and a pizza hat on her head. She pretty much has a hat for most days of the week. This is one mother who takes parenting with a huge grain of humour. Now she's tackling how to cook meat. Jess, welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Oh, hello, beautiful. It's so good to hear your voice and it is always such a joy to talk with you. Look, I've got to say I am a little bit jealous of your amazing hat collection. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it? I must say I do love an outfit and I've just (laughs) this idea of having a hat to match what it is I'm cooking. So I have been doing roast chook a little bit of late, so I do love wearing my roast chook hat. Bolognese <laughs> is another favourite, but I cannot find a bowl <laughs> hat, and I'm almost at the point where I'm thinking I might have to make one. Is oh my god! How please ridiculous do. I'm getting so I might have to do that because. I do think it is so important now more than ever that we don't take ourselves too seriously. There is so much going on in people's lives and in the world that if we can find some laughter and joy in the small things, and for me that is finding a hat to match whatever it is I might be cooking for my family and then posting it, it's wonderful. Even though my daughters, of course, roll their eyes and say, oh, mum, you're so embarrassing. (laughs) That's our job. They quietly enjoy the fact that I do wear these silly hats every night. Um, so I think it's it's commonly it's taken for granted that wives and mothers must be able to cook. Um, when you decided to leave Studio Ten, you wanted to refocus on a, a few different things, but your your daughters, your family, and I'm just curious because I have been staying up to date with your Instagram. Have you always been a deft hand in the kitchen? I have always been a shocking cook. <laughs> And it's because, you know what it is, it just doesn't interest me. Yes. I love eating good food, but I'm not I'm not a good cook. I'm not one of those people who finds it relaxing to spend hours in the kitchen or to, to whip up some amazing meal with all these herbs and sauces. And I used to put way too much pressure on myself thinking, oh, my goodness, I also have to have this in my bag of tricks. And even to the point where I, I remember a time when my I've got two sisters and my youngest sister is a chef. And we were having some of Petey's work colleagues, including his boss, round for dinner. And the thought of having a dinner party strikes terror in my heart. It's still <laughs> And I'm like, what am I going to cook for these people, Petey? Because he's not a great cook either. So what I ended up doing was that I got my sister to do cook all the all the meals it was so delicious it was this beautiful I don't know how even how you pronounce it like a tagine or something oh beautiful yeah sauce and and couscous and all this amazing stuff and an incredible dessert but I pretended that I did it (laughs) (laughs) and I almost got sprung when one of the women said to me 
this is delicious. Can I have the recipe? What have you used? And I'm thinking, I've got no idea. And I said, oh, you know, a bit of this, a bit of that. Oh, I really want the recipe. And I said, oh, you know what, because I just made it up as I went along, I'll have to think about it. So the next day I'm on the phone to my sis going, what's the recipe? Send it to me. And I emailed this lady the recipe, courtesy of my sister, But then I look back on that now and think, why did I tie myself in knots to try and present this perfect put-together image of what being a modern woman is all all about? Mm. I don't do that anymore. And because I've let go of that pressure and expectation of myself, I feel lighter because there's enough struggle of day-to-day bringing up a family without them putting this ridiculous expectation also on your shoulders that you have to be this incredible domestic goddess. Food's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's somehow, you know, it's somehow probably not as exciting to talk about how great you are at cleaning the toilet (laughs) as it is maybe because of Instagram, it's it's much more cool to show that you can whip up an incredible dessert or um, host an amazing dinner party. It's like of all the domestic chores or domestic duties women have traditionally held, that's the one that seems to have been pushed into the modern world as, you know what, you are you're a cool mum if you can cook or you're you're the you're a good mum if you can cook and cook good meals not just for your family but for guests as well i feel that pressure is definitely something that's around at the moment it is and we have to let go of it and what i'd love to see and and i'm still a work in progress because i still beat myself up and i think i talk to myself sometimes in a way that i'd never dream of talking to my kids or husband or friends in that same voice but we need to let go of that pressure and say you know what i am a good enough mum I'm a good enough daughter. I'm a good enough friend. I am enough as opposed to what is wrong with me? What isn't enough? What do I need to fix? And and I'm letting go of the fact that, you know what, I'm never going to be an amazing cook. But what I can do is I can feed my family. You know, I did a spaghetti bolognese and it was so beautiful. My daughter said to me, oh, mum, this is the best spaghetti bolognese. You should be a master chef. <laughs> And that was enough for me. And that was simple mince from the butcher with a jar of uh, Barilla pasta sauce. That's how I cook my bolognese. Perfect. And it's, oh, God, I love the sound of that. And it was yummy. Everyone loved it and enjoyed it. And that is enough. We, we don't need to knot ourselves up with trying to be great at everything. And by all means, I'm sure there's some people listening who love cooking, who enjoy it, who find it, it, it takes the stress out of their lives. Go for broke. If that's you, go for it. But mm. if that's not you, that is all right. And focus on what does bring you joy. So for me, what I love doing is finding a crazy hat to match what I'm cooking. So that makes <laughs> We've got fun. to find you a bolognese hat you for sure. Anyone knows, or a nachos hat or a sausage hat. They're the there's three. got to be a nachos hat, surely. <laughs> well, there's a Mexican. I do have a sombrero that I've worn for tacos. <laughs> it's, it's not, not the same, though. You need the actual the food. Exactly. I want the nachos hat, please. Well, um, I think it's interesting you talk about bolognese because I know at the moment you're working to support Australian butchers 
which I kind of find fascinating as a fellow fellow crap cook because meat is one of those things that I find the most daunting thing to cook. So um, I kind of feel in many respects meat's an easy one to kind of (laughs) throw at your husband, even literally if you must, and they can go chuck it on the barbie. Did you, when you took this on, did you feel a little bit daunted as well about cooking meat? Of course I did because you're so right. Petey's good on the barbie, so that would be his area of expertise. But it, I have since discovered, since working with some amazing local butchers, meeting them from right across the country, is that it it is not that difficult. So if I can cook a steak, <laughs> anyone can. You know what I recently did, and this was a game changer. I cooked a butterfly leg of lamb. In the uh-huh. past, I would have thought, oh, no, I don't know what to do. But essentially, I went into the butcher. It already had all the beautiful marinade over it, the rosemary, the garlic, the lovely sauce. All I had to do was I wrote down their cooking instructions, the temperature of the oven, how long to cook it for, and then I took it out of the oven and I roasted up some veggies and it was so delicious. You gotta be careful, Jess. Your parent your your family's gonna have very high expectations <laughs> oh, no, if no. you continue along this path. No, they don't, because last night we I did serve up we had party pies with two <laughs> <laughs> Party pies are always the saviour. Oh, there's nothing wrong with a good party pie or something. <laughs> not. But but the thing is though, with beef and lamb, it is surprisingly easy and Okay, I did the butterfly leg of lamb. There's also amazing ready-made meals at the butcher where, again, all you need to do is reheat it, bake it in the oven, put it in the fry pan, and and talk to your butcher. I always love a chat. Now more than ever, I crave interaction with people, so I love talking to my butcher. But ask them about what's on special or what do I do with that particular cut of meat? How long do I cook it for? So with steak, which I used to burn on the outside, it would be raw <laughs> on the middle because I would crank up the hot plate in my impatience and thinking, oh, if it's just really hot, the pan, then it'll cook fine. No. I've you know since learned put your steak in a hot pan, but find out from the butcher how long to cook it for on each side and just follow those instructions. Put salt and pepper on before you put it in the pan, a bit of olive oil, and it is delicious. Even Petey gives my steak the thumbs up. <laughs> now I have to ask Jess, most I, this is a broad generalization, but you have said you've spoken to a lot of butchers across the country. Butchers tend to be a little bit more flirty than the average service person, don't you think? <laughs> you know, they do. They no, they do very good flirting, but <laughs> but it's always appropriate because what it is is that they genuinely enjoy talking to people, and for the butchers that I've met, they love talking with their customers, and many of them have known these customers since they were little. So the parents come in with the little one and then they've watched the the family grow over time. So they're a part of the community and a part of this family's life. So they're great conversationalists and they, they just know the importance of, I think, understanding who it is that's walking in their front door. And also they love what they do. 
I've mm. never, never met a grumpy butcher. <laughs> you? you know, um, the funny thing about this as well is that I think I'd be a little bit shy about asking them how to cook meat, not because I'm shy of them, but more because I'm embarrassed that I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, no, don't be. And please, if anyone's listening, do not be backwards and coming forwards in terms of talking with your butcher because they want to help you. They want to let you know this particular cut of beef or lamb is terrific and this is the best way to cook it and just cook it for this amount of time because they want you to come back and say, oh, that was so delicious, I want to do that again or what else do you suggest? They want you to enjoy what it is they prepare. You know, another thing that I've learned to do is the result, the humble result. Oh, good old results. That was another thing that I would burn so bad. <laughs> and then what do you reckon you cut in the middle and you go, oh, it's a bit raw inside. <laughs> yes. So what I've learned again from chatting with a butcher, and actually this was a wonderful young female butcher. There's a number of um, young women who are getting in, into becoming butchers as well. But she told me, brown it in the pan before, lightly brown it, then you can bake it in the oven for say 15, 20 minutes at 180 degrees. 180 degrees seems to be a very popular cooking temperature. <laughs> and But you bake it and it cooks through without burning it on charring it on the outside. And that has been changed my Rissol game forever. <laughs> I love that. Changed your wrist game. Yeah. So they're not dry now. No, they're not dry, but also they're not charred on the air. Or raw. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Jess, finally, um, what advice would you have for those parents who are listening thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm in my 30s or 40s and uh, I've never been a great cook. Now I've got to provide for my family and just feeling a bit overwhelmed by it all and the fact that you have to do it every night, what would you say to them now? Well, I would say I feel your pain because it is so tedious opening the fridge. I look in the fridge and go, oh, what am I going to do tonight? What I would say is, you know what, it's okay sometimes to have toast or cereal for dinner. Yep. There is no problem with that. We do that sometimes depending on what the day has been like. And, and whether you have a hat. That's right. <laughs> Post hat. <laughs> one of those. <laughs> so I think that the key is be gentle on yourself. It is, it's the long, it takes, it's a long haul and it is boring and it is tedious sometimes. Take the pressure off. Realize, yes, you can have toast sometimes for dinner. You can have cereal as well, but also chat to your local butcher and they will help you out. They will give you some great meal suggestions. They might be ready-made meals or they might be really simple tips to make you cook an easy, nutritious, delicious meal for your family. Well, I'm feeling inspired. Jess, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, Siobhan, thank you. It's always such a joy to talk with you. That's Jess Rowe, TV presenter and also known as the Crap Housewife. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, 
email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.